0: On. Welcome to Securitas Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 50 for Sunday, August 14th, 2011. Number 50. It Indeed, number 50. I am Bill Wadman. And I am Dan Gottesman. I like the delay that time. That was nice. Very dramatic. Thank you.
1: Uh, and we have a guest. Indeed. Today. I'm- oh, <laughs> why don't you say hi, Brian? Hi, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> nice uh we are joined by a very good and old friend of mine uh mr brian callies uh who is currently in chicago that's right one of my old uh stomping grounds from when i was in college and stuff does he even dances with his wife in chicago i wouldn't uh, yeah i would imagine do you, you i don't think have i ever seen
2: you dance brian um i don't dance a lot anymore yeah Anymore? Yeah, I used to dance when I was younger. Didn't we all dance when we were younger? <laughs> I, I suppose. So, Brian, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your passion? My passion? Ooh. Dancing. <laughs> 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 no, no. Um, I, I am a, uh, uh, a video guy. I uh, shoot, produce, and edit uh, television programs now, mostly specials and documentaries and things like that. And, wow. uh, I do love it. I love what I do. It's true. Uh, you know, so, uh, before we get into some of that stuff, I was telling
0: Dan earlier, I listened to this podcast by these two guys, Terrence and Philip. Do you know this sh- podcast? It's a, it's a video thing. Wait, no, this wait, is, is South it, Park. Is it completely unrelated to South Park? Oh no. Uh, the I guys' think, names no. are Terrence and Philip, and therefore <laughs> they have a thing called, I think, you know, yeah, they're joking on, they're playing on the the South Park thing. Ah, that's gotcha. great. Uh, one of them is are they Canadian. No, actually, huh. they're one of them is like Australian, and one of them lives in LA. Huh. They're they're big like movie video guys. One guy is like a colorist, and the huh. other guy is an editor. Huh. And uh, and I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, today they got in a big fight, like a mm. twenty five minute fight, about the term prosumer. Oh boy, <laughs> and one. whether it means anything at all. And one guy found it, like, offensive. He's just like, if people are using these tools and they're making money, then they're pros. And if they're not, then they're just consumer people. And even if they're buying $5,000 cameras, they're still not pros. They're just
2: consumers. Like, you know. Yeah. And Look, I just wanted to a, know. If you buy a camera and you make money off it, it's professional. That's exactly <laughs> how like that. he sounds.
1: <laughs> there you go. Case closed. Bloody prosumers.
0: But you know, but do you do. What do you guys think about that? I mean, people would consider, say, the five D Mark II that I use to be a prosumer camera.
1: Did you just you just read that thing that Zacharias posted, didn't you? I did not. What did he say? <laughs> it's funny because I just literally read it like moments ago, and I don't know if you follow him on uh, Twitter. Or I not. do not follow him. Um, he has been tweeting about his recent. Uh, switch over from being a Nikon shooter to a Canon shooter. Did Canon start giving him cameras? <laughs> no, no. He he, he he explained it very, very thoroughly. So if you want to know all the details, feel okay. free to pop over to his his blog and read the post. But um, in so you know, in this very relatively wordy um, explanation about why he made his choice, um, he had, had mentions, he mentions that the five D Mark II is a prosumer body. Yeah. Compared to, to and and he you know he was comparing it to his Nikon D three, which again sort of in the the hierarchy of things as as far as Nikon is concerned that's their professional body.
0: He went wait he went from a D three to a five D Mark II? Yep. Okay.
1: Well, he went from a, uh, he had a split setup since he started out Nikon and he'd been shooting Nikon for a really long time. Um, he had all Nikon stuff and then, uh, for one particular job. I think he got a really good deal on the Canon, like a, the 5D Mark II and a lens or two. And then he wound up using it for this one particular job that turned into this really, really big, long ongoing job. And, okay. and you know, and he, he started to like it and he, you know, he'd carry that camera with him too. And then I guess it got to the point where he just really started to like the look, uh, the look of the shots that he was getting with the 5D Mark II, Uh, and I can't remember the rest of it, but you know, you know long story short, he was carrying around two. Two systems. I
2: gotta say the yeah. the term prosumer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know it's, it's marketing, right? I mean, it's so you don't have. It's not the camera that you're using to tape little Billy's uh, birthday party, uh, but if you make right. money off of it, then it is a pro a professional camera, I guess. Right. But, so wouldn't
0: any wouldn't any camera theoretically any? See, here's the funny thing: is that the a the cheapest level Rebel now that uh-huh. does video. Is better than any video camera on the market more than three years ago. Yeah, you know, and it's it's kind of funny that like even the cheap stuff made for consumers is better than the pro stuff was five years ago,
1: right? No, but that's not what we're talking about here. Um, I mean, here's how let's let's just put it this way: the 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 term prosumer is a marketing label. Yeah. Okay. It's basically, um, you know how Apple used to do good, better, best. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you remember they used to they basically said here we have three basic tiers. Of our products, you know, here's the, the low, the quote unquote low end one, you know, the medium one, and then the quote high end one. Um, and so it you really say just prosumer is the better is the better of what In Oh, the, I see. Yes. The better correct. best. Yeah, exactly. So I would say consumer prosumer yeah. professional, right? I mean, that's, that's how I've always looked at it. And I think that's as simple as it but gets.
0: I guess, I guess the question then becomes, is there really professional gear at all? You know, well, well. Again, yeah. From marketing. I mean, in marketing
1: speak, there is
0: yeah. right. I, I don't care about marketing speak. I well, mean, really like okay. for you know, yeah, marketing speak. They can separate it in twenty six different tiers for you know different <laughs> income levels. But I'm talking about from a bigger point of view. I think so, it all
2: goes to price range. You know, like because basically I've been living in the prosumer world for you know many years. But you know, it's what I do as, as a living. But if I wanted to, um. You know, to own a camera of of some kind of quality uh, and not break the bank, Um, because I do, you know, a little bit of background. I do like, you know, regional television spots and I, um, like I said, some documentaries and, uh, you know, some corporate things, bread and butter stuff. So, I mean, it's all kind of that world. So you don't need to have a hundred thousand dollar (laughs) camera, you know, you you don't need to shoot on on a phantom to get uh, an interview out of somebody, you know, right. you can, and it's also, what is it being delivered on? I think it's more interesting that, um, you have the, the 5d and the 70. And, you know, I, I, myself, I picked up a T2i just because I know that the next iteration is the camera I really want to get, but I wanted to just get something kind of cheap and fast out of the way, you know? Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole idea is that, um, you there there's there's a there's a sort of kind of look that comes with the prosumer stuff that tends to uh pervade almost well a lot a lot of media that you see you know like when the 5D came out every everything started looking like uh the everyone's like oh you know shallow depth of field let's 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 use the let's sure. use it to death you know and you get that and when the uh the DVX 100 came out the Panasonic DV camera like that had every everyone was using that thing for a long time, and then the HVX came out, the P2 camera, and everything sort of had that look to it, you know. Yeah, so I mean, four P, yeah, style. exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of neat that um, I think the prosumer stuff is really um, it really guides the market now because I mean, you know, a hundred thousand dollar camera that you're using for sports or for you know American Idol or Whatever primetime show you're doing, you know that's that's always going to stay in that world, but sort of the newer things that come out, like the advertising, the creative videos or just the the music videos, it's all in that prosumer world, so yeah, yeah the, the remember, innovation's kind of there, you know
0: it's funny though but I guess that the the question is how to differ I had a dinner with a with a couple of friends a few weeks ago. And the uh, one of the guys who was there was talking about music and music production and all the rest of it, and he was saying, you know, you don't need to go to a studio to make these records anymore. And it's like, okay, well, okay, I'll just I'll I'll give you that for a minute so you can finish your point, and then we can discuss. And basically, his <laughs> argument was, okay, you know, you could you could buy a Mac and some mic prees and some mics and record a good sounding thing almost anywhere, which you know. Frank Filipetti recorded the James Taylor Hourglass record on an O2R and some things in James's house up in Massachusetts. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it can be done. Well,
1: look at, and then look at the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, man. Right, I mean, exactly. That stuff was well, done yeah, on four but, track and eight tracks. I mean, yeah, but mm-hmm. they were seriously good four track and eight tracks. But the point is mm-hmm. that
0: like that nowadays you don't need the super high end equipment. You can use the medium stuff and have a little Pro Tools rig and go record a, a, a real record. And mm-hmm. it's true that the equipment doesn't cost as much. But that doesn't mean that the people running the equipment aren't just as valuable. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And I think yeah. and I think and I think that's where the problem comes that people say, "Well, you know, your camera doesn't cost $10,000 anymore or $20,000 anymore. So, I shouldn't have to pay you as much because the camera only costs 2500." And it's like, "Well, right. that doesn't really work that way because I've worked just as hard to do what I'm trying to do." You know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, yeah, you're yeah. talking about there, there's two things also There you're, you're the first thing you're talking about is the value of of someone's expertise, experience. And exactly. Time. And I okay? think that that so is that's, being diluted. Yeah. And I would I would not argue with that. That is definitely becoming a much harder pill to swallow, a much harder concept for people to grasp. But the other thing that a lot of people sort of discount um, and, and this 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 uh, analogy sort of tr- kind of crosses audio video. Photo, all that stuff. There are, there are essentially two. Ha- when, it, when it comes to digital production, there are two halves. There's the there's the capturing part, and then there's the finishing part. Yep. And I think it's it's sa- reasonable to say that capturing it has gotten a lot easier, um, but finishing it and and you know any any sort of post production, you still need to have some pretty decent tools to make it you know look or sound like. Amazing oh skills yeah. is what you need as much yeah. as the Can't, tools
2: i have a actually a really good point on that um yeah. my latest documentary funny business a uh, a black comedy um uh-huh. we actually it's um uh, a great story about a comedy club in the nineties in south loop um Chicago. and uh we basically did it on not that big of a budget you know we shot it on h d v which uh we shot you know uh, on a canon x h a one so this is the camera that tur- that puts HD footage 1440 by 1080 onto a DV tape. So it, it compresses the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um but we expanded out to a ProRes 422 HQ, looks nice and you can do some good coloring on it. So to your point, we actually got a really good color treatment um at uh Filmworkers here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks looks great. I mean it looks amazing. But you the, the data was there, you know. Anything, right. anything less than that camera, we probably would have had some some problems with. Mm. But um, again, we captured it with you know not a lot of uh, expense. Uh, but the color treatment that we got on it was um, you know top notch. Re- yeah, top notch, and that really that really does make a difference.
0: Well, and totally. and I think the move from analog to digital and all of these things um, tends to push decisions further down the chain. Mm-hmm. you know you mm. you don't you don't have to decide how that snare drum's absolutely going to sound when you're putting it to tape like you used to have to or yeah. at least more you had to you know I still think you should <laughs> well you should but like you know you don't you don't have to you know right. and
2: there's a lot of people who don't bother you know well that's um, the that's the thing with um um you know shooting and editing my own stuff uh I kind of know where like you know what I wish I just had a little bit more exposure on that, but I I know I can fix it in post. Oh yeah, so you know that it's done. All the – I mean, I think I think it's valid because I mean, this is the tools that you have. If you if that wasn't available, then you would do everything in your power to get it right, you know, on camera, you know. But if you if you know a little bit of tweaking here, put a window here, boom, done. What's the harm?
0: Hmm. No, what's the harm? Absolutely, and I mean, but then there's the fetishists who say getting it in the camera, for example, uh, right. You know is 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 where it's at and you know i mean there's there's philosophical arguments on on both ends but it but it, but the people who are, you're taking their picture don't realize the amount of time there was a, i was working on a picture that i took last week of these for this uh, uh friend of mine has this web series she does and i shot these seven women in little black dresses wrapped up in caution tape Mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. this group picture. And so where they, hot? she's like, Oh uh, yeah, they're very attractive young nice. ladies. Thank you. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, there's the one main picture that she decided out of the 200 we shot. And then she's like, yeah, but you know, can we grab this face from this one and this face from the other one? And, Oof. and then, you know, wow. you're, I'm doing that kind of those kinds of edits. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, I do a lot. I don't know if you've seen my work brand, but, uh, I do a lot of posts to my pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I spent four hours and I'm probably half done, you know, f- oh. for the way I want it to be, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the pe- that's longer than the shoot was, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> somebody says to me, oh, you know, it's no big deal. Like, we'll just take some pictures. It's like, yeah, we'll take some pictures, but then I've got to spend
2: All an hour a piece
0: sure. to get them to look the way I'm happy, you know, yeah. at the minimum. Um, well, and a lot of people don't, they don't take that into account. You know, I d- I did a shoot, uh, Dan, you were with me that time. Which one? Shooting that guy up on the Upper West Side at the at the field. Oh, yeah, the track and field thing yeah. for that magazine. Yeah, so we sure. shot this guy, mm-hmm. and he's just like, oh, you know, I, I'd love to... Uh, it was for a magazine, but he said, you know, I'd love to uh, buy the pictures off you. You know, like, I understand it's really hard being a freelance guy. Like, I'd love to get the pictures off you for my own use when I can. And I said, yeah, I'll let you know when they go past embargo. And I did, and he wanted to pay me $100 for 10 pictures mm. for unlimited mm-hmm. use. Mm. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, Yeah,
2: that's a little light. I was like, $100? (laughs) Like, I wouldn't show up for $100, you know? It it does get – well, I I, I guess every time you have a new client, um, you know, I I have various clients from different, you know, corporate sizes, you know. And it's always an education, Uh, more so with the smaller clients where, you you know, they – do you think they're prepared to spend more and they just don't think initially I, that they no. have to,
0: or do you think they're trying to lowball you in the beginning?
2: Well, I think I think it's just a matter of they don't they don't know or they see that their kid has like a camera and he's posting things to YouTube and yeah. how hard could it be from that, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I've been yeah. on gigs <laughs> I've been on gigs where, you know, the guy said, Well, we're gonna have my um my my nephew shoot this and then you're gonna edit it. And I'm like, okay, so your nephew's like, uh, degreed in this and, and has been doing this for, oh no, he's like 16. <laughs> it's, I mean, awesome. you just want to, you just want to punch me in the face. Like, am I that yeah. worthless to you? I mean, just, yeah. okay. Then it's offensive. It, it yeah. is offensive. It is offensive. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, so,
0: I mean, there's, that is, I think that that is a big problem. And I think that that's part of what these two guys in this podcast, the whole prosu- prosumer thing, some of it had to do with that kind of stuff too, just the idea mm-hmm. that like, oh, so now everybody's a professional, you know? Right. right. Uh, and then at, at that point, where's the distinction between the people who know what they're doing and the people who just call themselves professionals?
2: Right. Um, hmm. if, well, it's, if you it's true. You give. A, I'm sorry. You know. Go ahead. Oh yeah, you give. You know, you give a. Um, just because you have a pair of sutures and some scalpels doesn't mean you're a surgeon. You know, right. I mean, you, in the right hands, you know, like you say, the four track. You know, White Album was a four track, right? Right. Um you know well, and, and four track uh, one inch, yes. But right, 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 right. Very like you say, very very good. <laughs> very high four end track, four, very four, high four end track. Very high end four track. Um and what was it? The uh uh Actually it, White what? album was eight, by the way. Oh was it eight? I'm sorry. It was the first eight,
0: but the uh but
2: the uh, Sgt. Pepper was four.
0: There go you ahead. go.
2: And that sounds like a that's a that's a damn good four
0: track. It's in, a very big record. In, in, All in, right, go
2: in, ahead. In my opinion. Um but I mean you have uh what's what was that movie uh Oh God! Remember those, Jaws? It was it <laughs> wasn't <a> Jaws. <laughs> I remember that. It was about a shark. Um, uh, what sorry. Was, you, guys, you guys hear about that
1: in like this the stand up routine? This guy he's talking about you know what, what happened if you watch these movies backwards. No, you know? no. Jaws is about this you know the shark that just you know spits up a bunch of people and. And, you know, opens up a beach, you know, <laughs> and then uh, Godzilla, you know, is about this really nice lizard that builds a, a city. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Inland Empire. That's it. Uh, I was thinking the David Lynch movie, Inland Empire, and it was okay. shot in a Sony uh, a PD-150, I think, a, a highly modified PD-150. But... Um, the point is, you, you you get a look with it, I guess. You know, you have this. You have, he he, what likes this super grainy uh, video look with it, sure. and it's a it's a major motion picture, you know. And there, how many documentaries are coming out now? I mean, holy smokes! Because the technology is so cheap, and because sure. it's so high quality, you can make a documentary about just darn near anything, and it's going to look pretty good. Okay. And I yeah. Also, and I also think that audiences are we're really used to mixed media now. So you can have everything from an iPhone to, you know, 70 millimeter IMAX going on in a movie and it wouldn't make any difference. I don't know where I was going with all that, but <laughs> well, Inland no, Empire.
0: I, you know, you're, you're completely right. I guess the, I don't know. I guess the question content is, is though, king.
2: content is king.
0: Y- yeah, sure. You can make, you can make 400 documentaries as opposed to the 100 that used to get made before. But like, is, are people buying them? Can the filmmakers make a living? Mm. You know, no. yeah, no. Well, that's, <laughs> right, but, and that, but that's <laughs> no. a, that's
1: that's a different story, though, because you can say the same thing about music and sure. photography as well. You can absolutely make this. You know, arguments. there's more people out there because the 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 mechanism has gotten so much more reasonably priced and reachable. You know, and the and the the way now, you know, obviously with the internet, you can publish so so quickly and so. But that easily. doesn't necessarily lead to better art. No, no, not I'm not saying that. I'm actually saying. It's, it's, uh, it, it becomes, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I kind of like the fact that when there are that many more factors, you know, that many more variables at play, I think it's what becomes. So, so you guys know this, the whole hipster, you know, routine, you know, it's like, Oh, have you heard of these guys? Oh no, you haven't heard of them. You know, this yeah. Oh, what's your favorite band? Oh, you haven't heard of them, that. that sure. whole
2: thing. Oh wait, that, there, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a t-shirt I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved it. It said, I'm so, I'm so indie. That I saw, I was the only one who saw a band play in the basement. And when they finished, I killed them. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> is it a zombie shirt? That's indie. No, no, no. It was just, oh. it was just a hipster shirt. I gotcha. Oh, you. It was great. It was. Great. So I,
1: anyway, my point is, is that um, more so now than ever, um, because there are so many smaller, you know, so many more people doing it, and they're so much smaller than they were before. That whole, you know whatever you want to call it, that whole following that whole, you have to work, you have to, you know, go out of your way to find this stuff is, is way more prominent than it ever was, you know? Cause now mm-hmm. think about it like 20 years ago. Um, you, you like it or not the, the, you know, the, 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 the bulk of, of the stuff that you've heard of, the stuff that we were consuming was pretty much fed to us. You know, we, we didn't have too much choice because you know, there are these big companies that were really the only people who could, who could, you know, Put put the word out like that, and we we just took what we could get. You know, the whole there. I mean, fifty years ago, there are only three television channels. You know, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: But is there so much stuff that you can't even find it for the trees? You know, what is the, what is the thing recently? Forty uh, eight. 48- hours of video uploaded to YouTube every minute or every hour or something. Yeah. I mean, it, like it, it's, it's gotta be every minute, right? Cause well, and every someone hour. Also,
1: some, yeah. And someone said something similar about like uh, the either Kindle or Amazon or audible. I can't remember one of those, you know, like you would not physically be able to read. It is physically impossible for one person to read every book sure. or listen to every song, you know, yeah. that has ever been recorded, but that's, right. you know, that's, but I, I kind of like that. I think that's, that, that makes it that I, I think with that, with this, what, what's happening now, this thing that we're talking about ch- changes it and it makes it so that uh, it's not so much about um, who specifically you're listening to. It's more about how you go about finding stuff and, you know, and how those things relate to one another. Do you know the what I mean? The journey. It's yeah, the man. journey. No, and,
0: and I, I find, <laughs> I find that all, it's all fine and all very interesting. The, uh, yeah. the, the flip side of it is whether or not, people can actually are able to do that unless they're independently wealthy. Oh, no, you're talking about making stuff. I'm talking about
1: consuming stuff.
0: Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about the people who are making the stuff that you're all consuming. I mean, yeah, like everyone's making stuff, but is everyone just, is, is every songwriter just some guy who comes home after work at a bank? No, (laughs) not every (laughs) songwriter. Some of them are
1: dentists. (laughs) Exactly.
0: But you know, I mean, is there, is there a place for the professional artist anymore or is it, has it become a pastime of other people?
2: Well, I I think, um, I, th- I, like you say, audiences. It's om- Well, audiences are becoming. Um, they're not. I mean, let's let's face it. Broadcast television primetime is still a very powerful way to get a message across. That is still like kind of the number one way to if touch somebody. If you a TV, if you own a TV, if you own a TV, that's right. This is a paradigm that's different now. You know, younger people uh, don't have... A lot of people don't have televisions, you know, or yeah, even a, a landline or whatever, you know? Yeah, don't have true. one of those either. Yeah, don't ha- don't need it. It's not relevant. I mean, can you yeah. imagine a time... Um, I'm probably dating myself, you know, but I mean, younger thinking like, well, we'll never get rid of the phone. You know, I mean, the TV is always going to be in the house. It's like, no, nah, hmm. you really don't need these things anymore, you know? Everything yeah. is converging into a single pipe, you know? <laughs> but um, so, yeah... Audiences are becoming more fractured, but they're also becoming way more dedicated. So if I like, you know, uh, skydiving, I'm a nut about it. I'm going to aggregate all the video, and that's the word now, right? Aggregation, all the, you know, or you know, bringing all these things in one place, and you can do it in your own time, um, your own channel. You can even monetize that. There's a couple sites like what was the site? Um, Oh boy, it is escaping me right now. But there's a few sites where you can basically aggregate. Videos that you like, and then after a while, people start going, "Wow, you know what? Brian likes skydiving." And every time I go on Brian's website via this other website, um, I'm getting really good skydiving videos. And so then, after X amount of hits, just like a YouTube or something, um, they contact you and say, "Well, do you want to start advertising on here?" Because you know. So I mean, it that's I think, in terms of creating creating content, that's it's easier now to. To buy a camera, upload something to YouTube. Hopefully, you get a viral video. Um, you can chat in front of a, a webcam and come up with a show. And if it's if people like it and they salute it when you run up the flagpole, um, you get those you get those uh, those hits. But what's what's the goal beyond that? Most people who are doing uh, a webcast or even a podcast, what would be the greatest thing to go onto radio? Then to go onto television? To go onto sure. you know ma- mainstream media? Then. But yeah. you have you have that you have the opportunity now to sort of sidestep agents and to sidestep at least in the beginning of it.
0: Yeah, assuming but, all of those things that you say are the ultimate goals exist five years from now. That's right. Well, because it might, it might not happen. It, it might exactly. I mean, the movie studios. Yeah. You know, if like yeah. you can literally make a movie. You know, unless you're doing something with special a lot of special effects, which you know, take that out of the thing. I sure. mean, you, any movie pretty much. You know, you and a team of guys with some five Ds and a couple of digital recorders could do a rom com. You know, totally, totally. Uh, oh, and, monster!
2: And, I'm sorry, monster. <laughs> monster. I just Yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm backing up to a, the, the, another movie that uh, about look. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ah, uh,
1: okay.
0: You know, like that. That these things can be done without these huge machines behind them.
1: Yeah. Nowadays. So, so one thing I was gonna mention. Um, that um, that I think <clears throat> I don't know if you guys listen to the same. I, I'm sure we there's some overlap in our podcast consumption. Beatles, um, no podcasting, silly. Oh, Beatles, uh, yeah. Sorry, anyway. I love that Beatles podcast. Oh,
0: two,
2: they're two, so
1: good, man. Uh, two E's, actually yeah. three three E's. <laughs> the Beatles. Um, but uh, I, I I guess lately I've been getting into a few more comedy centric like you know, comedian stand-up comedy type podcasts. Okay. And one of the sort of things that I've, 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 I'm continually hearing now, like that, that part of their, the overall message is, is that it just takes time. Uh, And I think that's what separates um, the, you know, the, 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 you know, whatever, you know, however you want to classify the people who are just getting started and, and putting stuff up and seeing what happens the difference between you know a professional quote unquote and a, and a and an amateur is someone who just sticks with it and who continues to do it and learns and evolves and and gets better and better. That you know?
0: yeah, but that yeah. isn't that making an assumption that the people who are consuming this can tell the difference. Well, yeah, a little bit, and I don't know that there's a lot of people who do. You know, well, there's plenty of people who, who,
2: who you think, oh, think audiences yeah. are savvy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, so. yeah. I think audiences Absolutely. are really smart Especially younger audiences I think I mean, some
0: of the audience is really smart And I think there's a lot of people I think there's a lot of people who put music on In the background of what they're doing And have no idea who it is, what it is Don't really care
1: oh, but, True, I, I would say, but for every one of those I would say there's three who do
2: mm, I gotta say, I'd the say thing f- that When when I first got hip to YouTube You know, like six months ago <laughs> um, There was, I was YouTube, yeah, huh? I, I, <laughs> Right I'm a musician a as well. a website of some kind. Uh, yeah, yeah, It's, a yeah, it's uh, i think it's it's. I think it's y o o. Okay. Two? Okay. You can check. It's on the internet. It's a science site. It's a science site. Yeah. Yeah, they do test tube experiments on
1: on on the internet. I'll search. Yeah.
2: A lot of gas. Pretty sweet. Yeah, and I'll look for it on Excite. It's awesome. They've got all kinds of tubes. But you know, I'm I'm a musician as well, and I. You know, I, I was getting, kind of getting frustrated with the – but, I mean, my tastes are like, you know, King Crimson and Yes and Mahavishnu and, you know, crap like that. Progressive but, rock. Yeah, exactly. And, and you jazz know, fusion. I, that's right.
0: <laughs> 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 jazz fusion. <And>, uh,
2: <laughs> but the, one of the, the cool the cool stuff was, you know, you, you start searching – you know, the first thing I started doing was looking for all those VHS tapes that I got rid of and are now posted on there and I'm looking up these cool concerts – and then I see these kids who are, like, shredding guitar and piano and drums. And they, they, they look like they're 12 years old. And they're, like, sitting on the edge of their bed. And they're just ripping all this, like, Yngwie Malmsteen stuff out. And, yeah. I mean, I was getting weepy. I'm like, that's awesome. There is music <laughs> out there. And it's still alive. I mean, it was, that was really heartening to see, um, you know, that there is an interest in actually playing There's there's an interest. uh, I mean, the fact the simple fact alone that I could find uh, like Stanley Clark videos and stuff like that, you know, with do you find it daunting, though? No, I think it's I think it's it's very cool. I mean, the thing is, someone isn't you know, the artist is not getting paid for me watching this stuff, but it does make me go, you know what? I do got to pick up that record again or I'm going to get that on on CD now. I've had on vinyl forever, you know, that kind of thing. I think yeah. it. I think it's a soft sell. I think it. It really is a soft sell, because an MP3 does not sound like a full, you know, 48k sure. or you know, it. It just doesn't sound the same. You For know, as long and, as you can still buy them, it, as long <laughs> as you can still buy them. Yeah, you know. I mean, but I, I think it's all a catalyst um, as far as like uh, getting getting excited about music again. You know, seeing a little clip on uh, YouTube with one of your favorite musicians playing, it makes you want to listen to those records again and talk about it like we're doing now and uh, go out sure. maybe and get some of those records that you were missing all this time.
0: A couple of weeks ago, my best friend sent me a link to a YouTube video of earth, wind and fire doing after the love is gone. Oh, you know that tune. And yeah. there's, there's this, there's a part in the middle of it where they do the little half step up thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Modulate.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it's so ridiculously sweet. <laughs> it's like saccharin, you know, but it's so well done because it's earth, wind and fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that that part makes that song, you know, and they do it like right in the middle, like not like Barry Manilow, third chorus before the fade out. Right. You know, it, it was like right in the middle of it. And you're like, oh, did they really just do that? That's so badass. <laughs> it's,
1: uh, fun, it's funny that Brian mentioned Mahavishnu because about two or three days ago I was reading, you know, one of my RSS feeds. I think it was Nevin Morgan who mentioned um, this weird magical time in jazz fusion history. Like there's this like three or four year period when all these, all these amazing records came out. And I think, I think it was their first one in the intermounting flame, um, mm-hmm. which was the first one that I was introduced to back in college. And, uh, and, and, you know, he had a couple links up to vi- videos um, and there's some amazing footage, man. Like, so, you know, there's obviously the YouTube video, which has like the picture of the album cover and then just basically an MP3 playing, you know, there's a lot of people who do that, but then sometimes you can find like, these old like British talk shows or you know like uh, you know uh, or early early 70s and 80s um, music shows where these bands mm-hmm. would come on and perform live and so there's this amazing live performance of these guys you know and 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 they're really playing man you know you can tell by the sound and you can watch them and they're sweaty and the lights are all really you know awesome 80s analog you know like so they're <laughs> all streaky and stuff yeah I, I I love old analog man if you ever watch like I think my favorite example of this is uh, is is old '80s baseball games. You know, <laughs> right. we're like we're like the camera guy. He's tracking the ball, and oh no, it went into the lights, and Just now a there's smear. a giant there's this <laughs> giant red hot spot on the yeah. thing for the next five minutes while the whatever the sensor uh, right. You know, returns back to normal. see. It's funny.
0: I always get a kick out of like the old black and white TV stuff, like uh-huh. live shows, because sure. they d- it did that same thing where they the tube like tried to compensate and do the adjustment yeah. of the exposure. Totally, mm-hmm. and it, it just it, it just it like flares in different parts and does weird stuff, and you kind yeah, of yeah, and,
1: and the like in the edges, like yeah. everyone's any any contrast at all gets totally exaggerated. Yeah. That's and it's
0: really just, cool. it's, uh, yeah, no. And, and look, I mean, those things had a look and they had a, a place and I, I don't know. It's just, I guess the, the, the line between the, the problem is that there's a lot of stuff on YouTube. Like I've been putting stuff up on Vimeo lately that I've been pulling off of VHS tapes and super eight movies and other home crap. In fact, today I, uh, I pulled out my old mini DV camera and, uh, about eight years ago, 10 years ago, uh, my grandfather was sick with lung cancer, and he was going to die. And so we 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 drove him around uh, his uh, where he grew up, his neighborhood where he grew up. Hmm. And he was telling us stories. And I'm shooting him over the shoulder from the back seat. Uh, and and I transferred all this over. It's like you know half an hour of driving around, and the, the camera work is terrible, and it doesn't mean anything to anybody but like my family immediately. But I was pulling it off, and and uh, it's there were all these hiccups it's amazing even in eight or 10 years. And I don't, these things were not in like a box somewhere weird. They were like in a little mm-hmm. box in a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's dropouts on these digital tapes, even eight or 10 years later. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, which is, which kind of gets you, th- man, tape based video.
1: Yeah. Is a, such
0: a nightmare too. <laughs> not yeah.
1: permanent like pulling this
0: stuff off? Cause you know, I've it running into like final cut and every single time it hiccups or does anything. final cut's like, Oh, it's a new clip yeah and that yep. would happen like every three or four seconds so i oh end up God. getting like this just huge pile of stuff i'm like no i don't want you to cut it into clips i just want <laughs> you to take it all in as one big video like you know old school style wouldn't yeah, it be nice all.
2: wouldn't it be nice it's kind of it's kind of like uh uh you're driving along and all of a sudden speed bump and your odometer gets reset every single time
0: <laughs> isn't it kind of like that
2: yeah. It pisses me off. I don't like it, that. It, I know. Is there I know a way it, to
0: turn any of that stuff off?
2: No, it just keeps going. I, you wish that it could be like you know, just forget about that. Let it go. Yeah, I mean, just it's okay, man. Don't worry yeah. about that. would be cool that. if there's like some sort of like an attenuator, like a knob, like you I, know what? You know, you, know, you, know, give,
1: you can you can. Well, you you can that's can the magic.
2: One or two. You know what? That is kind of the magic of analog. Uh, yeah. i were just having a conversation earlier tonight um, because uh, the the local cable station in our area is pushing the digital conversion again. So I think it's like, come on guys, get on board. You really gotta do it now because we're gonna right. stop doing analog totally. But with with digital, it's there or it's not there. You know, yep. it's on or it's off. With analog, you can massage it a little bit. You can kinda bring that thing in there, you know, you can you sure. can get some kind of a picture going on like that. So in, in that regard, it is kind of nice, especially with like radio stations, obviously, you're tuning in, it's like, eh, sure, okay, I'm almost there and you know, television's that way too. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, like I I used to work at a, a small PBS station in uh, in Northwest Indiana and uh the the engineer there is like a genius when it comes to analog stuff. He was able to, you know, coax the maximum amount of picture and you know everything out of a, you know, a, a small bandwidth. And uh I think he was a little reluctant to digital. And then finally, he did switch to digital and the guy's like a genius in that now. He just once he yeah. once he figured out how to do that, yeah. Um he now he's like a genius with bit rates. So th- <laughs> sure. normally, you know, normally uh a digital stations now have like uh, between 4 and like 6 stations or something like that, you know. So he he found a way to when one station is not the demand is not a lot for one of the stations, the bit rate goes lower in that area. And then when you want it to be higher in the other ones, it goes it's like a like a fluid thing. Sure, don't right. ask me how he does it, and, and maybe this is a common practice, but holy smokes, you know, I mean, I, I guess there's going to be, uh, the the point of this whole thing is, we don't know how to massage the digital yet, you know, and that there there will be a time when basically digital is going to feel like analog. Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I was actually it, you know,
0: surprised at how low quality, I used to think that the Mini DV looked good. Oh, yeah. I was the... looking at this video today, and I was like, wow, it really looks pretty terrible. Um. <laughs> But, you know, it just it. a friend of mine recently bought she sold her 5D and bought a 5D Mark II, mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, OK, that's great. I said, but, you know, you right before she did, it, I said, you might want to wait a couple months because, you know, in the next six months or so, they're going to come out with the 5D Mark III, according to all the rumors. Mm-hmm. And do you really want to buy a camera that's two and a half years old? And her answer was, well, you know, I don't need more than 21 megapixels. I was doing fine with 12 so 21 is a ton to me and it's kind of like okay yeah that's true but i used to think that this mini dv looked pretty good (laughs) right, right right uh and 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 people will say oh well i'm just shooting for the web so i could just shoot 720p or even sd
2: and it doesn't really matter
0: and it's kind of like yeah but what if this gets picked up and you know your documentary they want to put it on big screen for a sundance festival you know, no, it, it's true. I mean, yeah. and, and,
1: you know, we, we like the, all, we, the
0: concept of a master copy is kind of getting lost sometimes.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and like you say, man, um, you know, that's one of the first questions we ask as photographers, you know, when someone says, you know, will you work? Can you do this for me? At least that's one of the first questions I ask is like, well, what's the final what's the final medium going to be? Is it going to be printed? How yeah, big? What are you doing with or is it just going to be on the screen. Yeah. You know, but it's it's not going to be too long. You know, once, because I mean, we've seen the future of screens, man. I mean, look at our, look at our iPhone 4s. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not unreasonable to assume that in a not, not a lot of time, you know, less than five years, we're going to start seeing screens of that caliber, of that quality on, on our, you know, on our computers and on our tele, you know, TV stands or whatever on you On belt them. buckles.
2: <laughs> on our belt. Ser- buckles. Seriously. You know, I mean, you, you think about it. You know, I mean, the, yeah. uh, the amount of, um, the amount of resolution that's in your standard prosumer camera now, yeah. um, if you could even if you could even get an HD camera in the late '80s, it would cost like a million bucks. Yeah, you know insane. now you can get HD on your goddamn phone. Sorry. Oh yeah, <laughs> my my <laughs> iPhone. But <it's> true, like, <laughs> it's
0: my true. iPhone probably takes better. Does take better video than this Canon DV camera from ten years ago? Yeah. Oh you yeah, know, and it's literally in my pocket.
2: Um, Amazing. I think that I saw I saw a commercial the other day. Uh, some like I think Big Lots or something like that. And I don't know if the, it was I was reading Big it wrong Lots? or whatever. I think it's Big Lots. It's like some, some thing out here. It's a store. Dude. So it's it's I, a, it's I a think it's a funny name. <laughs> Big, Big Lots. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> it's like a code name. Okay, so anyway, they have video cameras for like seventeen dollars. Really? <laughs> like what? Like sixteen eighty eight gets you a video camera. Like, Amazing! Are, are you kidding me? What kind I'm of buy, video like ten is of them there? and just crash them into oh, stuff, make an I, array? No, that's what I'm saying. Cam. Like yeah. just, drop them off of roofs. Yeah, oh. you know, tie a balloon onto them. You know, put them in a <laughs> put them in a hamster cage and whip them down a or hamster <laughs> ball and whip them down a hill. You know, put this. them on the ends of shoes. I don't know. I mean, for 17 bucks, you can get a whole score. Yeah. Oh, did you what? see? You guys see that video uh,
1: of the guy who strapped uh, one of those GoPro uh, HD cams? Those to things are cool. His, yeah, he he strapped at the bottom of his skateboard and oh. rode around new york city um for a few hours i saw well, that i will I, yeah i'll post a link that was a, that was a really cool video are those the things bottom expensive? of the skateboard yeah underneath huh are they yeah. expensive yeah they're like four or five hundred bucks Ah, the cheap one is 299
0: actually yeah. th- there's a cheaper one for 179 oh really oh wait it's this not, might actually be no that's the camera that's pretty
1: cool is that is that the gopro there's this one. yeah there's they're a little postage stamp size they're yeah,
0: 720p at 60 frames 1080p at 30 yeah for a for a buck
1: 79 outrageous yeah and they're solid state you know they just yeah. use an sd card yeah <laughs> the, the, nine I, hours I read, of video I read, the, read the the little clip you know the description along with the clip and he said that you know as bomb proof as these things are they are not made to be you know strapped to the bottom of skateboards because <laughs> like the SD card kept popping out and the you know the focus would you know would get unscrewed so he you know it'd get blurry after overtime and and then uh yeah
0: well you know okay well there's he, he a kill
1: he killed the camera in the process. there
0: there's a, a an ancillary question to the initial one i mean yeah is there such a thing as pro gear in the sense that they you know i I had a one d s mark three for a while it has an almost identical sensor to the five d yeah, but just overall. I loved the fact that changing the shooting mode required you to like hold down two buttons to do, because then it never happened accidentally when you put it around your shoulder, right? You know, right? Um, so, I mean, is there there is still a place for pro stuff, right? Right. Yes. Well, that's,
1: and that's just the thing. I mean, look at the Nikon D three for example. Um, I'm, I mean, just just looking at a a photo of it, you don't even need to hold it in your hands. There are like twice as many controls. Actual buttons, knobs, you know, dials, whatever, levers, switches um, on that thing than the next model down. Um, And that's because they pull out all the stops. You know, that's that. I think that's the other sort of designation. You know, for the professional model, we're going to make it, you know, anything that anyone has asked for, we're going to try and cram it in there. You know, that, you know, we're going to go over the top with that. We're going to put as much every bell and possible whistle that we could think of. True in this particular thing, and then and that gives you know and again that back to the marketing game where they'll say okay well and this is where I get you know frustrated I think you and I talked about this a long time ago Bill about how if you were to really compare the difference between some of these middle of the line and top of the line cameras some of the things that separate them feature wise are just software it's literally just a couple of lines of code and it's like there's no reason why. They couldn't have added the intervalometer or the bracketing, yeah. you know, or some of, some of this other stuff. I remember you know, so using I,
0: a hacked firmware on my original digital rebel, which yeah. gave it some of the the features of the ten D. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's like, and that 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 kind of gets annoying when it, when it's just like a couple of bits, you know. I, yeah. I can understand, like, no, we don't have enough room to put this knob here, or we can't afford to use this higher quality material to build this. So this, and the, you know, those close differentiation, kind of cor- Dan. Yeah, these corners like marketing. In, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Speaking of marketing, let's talk a little bit about uh, Brian's project because I know Absolutely. he wanted to. He wanted to focus a little bit on that. He only touched on it for a second. So, Brian, tell us about this um, this thing that you you've been working on for the past. Oh, few I've
2: years. already plugged it. We're done. Can oh, we talk about ergonomics in uh, prosumer equipment? Is that okay? Is that sure. something we can go on to? No, no. I, I, <laughs> I do want but you know, I do want to go back to that because I think that is uh, as far as the prosumer thing goes. Yeah, you know, designers have to think what a layman wants, and designers have to think what a professional wants, and you kind of end up getting this mishmash in the in the center. So, yeah. you know, if you're if you're a professional using pro gear stuff or uh, prosumer stuff, you're always going to be kind of wanting a little bit more. And you know, if you're a, a layman buying it, you're just the the cool guy at the party with the with the, the can- Nido camera. Can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so and back sometimes
1: to, though, wait, yeah. just one last thing. Sometimes
0: yeah. it's funny because you don't you don't unless you use this stuff all the time a lot of times you don't realize why things are in a particular place until you kind of stumble upon and you go oh right now that i've had this around my in my hand for six hours now i understand why this thing is shaped this way or you Mm -hmm. or then
1: you or like you you watch that youtube video of that guy explaining how he did that and he's like oh that's why they put that there yeah and that's how i use it now i get it right Mm
0: -hmm. yeah good it's interesting yeah
1: all right
2: so on to the documentary oh yeah so the documentary is called Funny Business, and that's P H U N N Y. Partly because you have to clear names with uh, all sorts of different legal schmoes, and uh, that one was not taken. Oh, the
1: F U N N Y business was taken already. That's
2: right. It was taken. It was taken for a number of different things, and uh, uh, you know it's just that easier thing. that way. Right. But also, it does sort of play into the subject matter. It's called Funny Business, a black comedy. Mm. And it's about a black owned comedy club in the 1990s. Ah, uh, see, funny, fat, all that stuff ties gotcha. together. Uh-huh. And uh, it's about this comedy club that um, went from 1991 to 1999 in Chicago's South Loop. And some of the biggest uh, names in comedy, you know, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Jamie Foxx, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, uh, Craig Robinson on The Office, Dion Cole, writes for uh, Conan. You know, like all these guys uh, came through there and got some of their early paychecks and sort of, you know, crafted their act and cut their teeth and really made a name for themselves from this club because it was pretty much the one of it was probably the premier um, black comedy club in the country. What was it called? Um, uh, It was called All Jokes Aside, and it was located for anyone who knows Columbia College campus here in Chicago, um, uh, 1100 South Wabash and uh like i said they they uh uh two of the um owners raymond lambert who is also an executive producer on this um he and his partner james alexander they are like mbas like <laughs> raymond went to darden you know and he got an mba and uh normally when people open a, a comedy club it's like two guys with a microphone in the back of a restaurant you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah, let's do a comedy club you know Hmm. This guy is like a business guy, you know. He saw a, a need for, you know, he said, "Look, there's a million black people in Chicago, and there's no comedy club. I think we have a market, you know." And it was yeah. highly successful. So he really approached it like that, and uh, we go through it in the story. Um, he's really kind of a, a, a buttoned-up, you know, a slightly OCD guy. He had quarterly business reviews and nail inspections and. Dress codes, and it was really kind of like a a Cotton Club type atmosphere. A tight ship. uh, It was a tight ship. It was a really tight ship. And did you find them, or did they find you? Well, this is how it happened. So um, Ray Lambert, uh, the owner of the club, uh, he did shows with uh, the other executive, or one of the other executive producers and director um, of this, uh, John Davies. And John Davies uh, used to do comic relief. Um, Back in the day, in the '90s, and did a bunch of events here in Chicago. Comic Relief was that was that HBO annual. uh, It was yeah they they would do it was for uh, homeless homeless. healthcare and this is where you had uh, uh, Billy Crystal, Crystal, Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg Goldberg, and and, and yep they were like the you know the triumvirate who you know all these different comedians would come out there and this is where you would see like a young Dave Chappelle or a young Carlos Mencia or Bob Goldthwaite. I mean, he just had tons and tons of comics come out, and you know they were always successful uh, shows. Among other things, that's what uh, you know John Davies was doing in the '90s, and uh, he met Ray again, I think. In Wait, so he was producing those shows, right? He was producing those shows. Yeah, so gotcha. he was producing cool. these shows with uh, Bob Zamuda, who Bob Zamuda, if anyone knows, is uh, Andy Kaufman's longtime writing partner, and he would, uh, I think, actually right now. He's uh, out with Tony Clifton <laughs> doing shows, <laughs> uh, nice. so look up Tony Clifton and Bob zamuda <laughs> and all that, and you'll get the you'll get the picture. But anyway, so John Davies, uh, director of Funny Business, writer of Funny Business, he um he saw Ray again uh, after doing a couple of these charity shows in the nineties. Um, he, he hooked up with him again, like in two thousand, I think four two thousand two something like that. He's like, oh my God, Ray, how's it going? You know, how's your club? And Ray goes well. Let me tell you the story, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what happened was uh, Ray tried to move the club to River North, which mm-hmm. is a uh, uh, kind of an upscale, uh, very white uh, neighborhood um, in Chicago. And they essentially said, "We don't want a black club." That's the <laughs> that's the short of it, and a who, couple wait, other things. They? Uh, the store owners and a lot of the. Um, uh, Business people around the area was it the Uh, aldermen? It could be. I know those those either. Yeah, those Chicago aldermen. Man, you got to watch out for those. But um, it was it was really it was really more. um, They had like petitions against them, and we're talking the year two. What were they worried about? Crime, racial stuff. Uh, What were they worried about? uh, Yeah, that's that's really what it was. Chicago is. I don't know if you know this, Bill, but Chicago is a
1: very segregated city. It is racially, geographically,
2: um, economically. It's very compartmentalized. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, it's sort of the, that's the, the, the lay of the land, but it was, it was, um, if if these business owners had taken the time to sort of look at the kind of business that, um, Ray and his partners were running, um, they would have realized that it really is a business they want there. I mean, we're talking, you know, all the bulls and bears and, you know, uh, different celebrities would blow through. I mean, it was an, it was an upscale place, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it's, it's kind of a tragedy how it ended, but I don't want to give too much away. But, um, so anyway, uh, getting back to how it all came about. So John, uh, <laughs> after he heard the story, he goes, yeah, I'm going to tell him this story. <laughs> so, so a couple of years later, um, John called me up and said, do you want to shoot some interviews for this documentary? I said, sure. And so I was just a camera guy, you know. How and, did you meet uh, John? So I met John through a mutual friend, um, Jamie Caesar, who is a producer at Channel 11. And Jamie and John met because John actually created a show here called Wild Chicago. Channel that, 11, Channel for those, 11, those who don't know,
1: is yeah, the it's basically like here in new york it's channel 13 it's it's chicago's public television channel and that's actually i think nationwide one of the better funded better produced public television channels wouldn't you say Ryan? it is it is
2: whenever you whenever you look in like a textbook and they bring up pbs stations it's always in the top four what's what's the call sign wttw window to the world your window to the world so gotcha. um, John Davies produced a show here uh, a long time ago in the 80s called uh, Wild Chicago. And I think it it was sort of like the precursor to a lot of reality shows now. They would Wait, was, that, was John Davies –
1: he produced it. He wasn't in it. Because I remember the guy who was in it was that skinny guy with the black hair. Oh, Will Klinger? He's actually know, he's
2: actually the, the second host. The first host was Ben Hollis. And he's, he used to wear like a pith helmet – <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, a safari outfit. And right. so, you know, hence Wild Chicago. So he would go out and they would go to all these, like, crazy hardware stores. And, like, there was a, uh, a soul food restaurant called Soul by the Pound. And you would buy the food and weigh the plate and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so just yeah. different different uh, fun things like that. And I think it, the show lasted for, like... I want to oh. say like 18 years or 20 it was on for, I years. I mean, I remember watching it when I, when I first got there in 92 and Yeah, it came on late at night. It was always
1: one of the cooler late night shows that, you know, you're at home, yeah. whatever.
2: It's a it great really show. Like- if you're here in Chicago, you, you know, wild Chicago. Yeah. Um, so John, uh, anyway, John and, uh, another producer, Jamie Caesar, who has been producing at 11 for, you know, forever. Um, she recommended me to John. And uh, I started shooting some interviews for this uh, funny business documentary. And then after a few months, they said, well, do you know any editors? And I said, well, I, I actually edit. And so we gave it a shot, and uh, we start editing. And then after a while, um, uh, Ray and John and Reed. Reed Brody, by the way, is the, um, uh, the third executive producer on this. And he actually gave us a lot of the help uh, for this through his Astro... Uh, Astrolab's film workers um, group that go on here in Chicago and Nashville and Dallas. And that's where we got the sweet color correction that we were talking earlier mm-hmm. and a very nice audio um, pass on it. So we um, we got some top-notch stuff out of, out of uh, uh, Reed's facilities like that. But uh, anyway. So, uh, how long is the final piece? So the final piece is 84 minutes. Um, and how much uh, footage gonna, went into that? Uh, we shot, I think we have... Not a lot. I mean, by documentary standards, not too bad. I think we had about uh, 100, 120 tapes, so like one hundred and twenty hours. Um, mm-hmm. And then with with extra <laughs> clips, I'd say about a hundred and maybe a hundred and fifty hours of raw stuff. So a hundred to one, or 100 something to, like that. Hundred to sixty. Yeah, <laughs> one to six. not, sixty to it, one. <laughs> Which is not too bad, it really. Yeah. I mean, really, as far as documentaries go, it's not. Too, it's usually a hundred to one. What is the so. trick
0: though of cutting that much? I mean, is somebody actually watching two hundred hours of footage, and how do you even remember where things are? I mean, is there a certain amount of like you go in, you cherry pick, you find things, and you might have missed something, but you just keep going?
2: Um. Well, there's do you always what trying that? to say. I mean, there, yeah. There's there's always there's so that. much I that mean, things get lost. Well, there's also. You kind of, uh, at some point, well, you have to have a plan, number one. You have to have a plan. You just don't go in willy-nilly. And it's pretty much a chronological story, you know. You kind of go through the progression of... Uh, but you club, also get to the sculpt started. the story a little bit oh, yeah. beyond and we have what to, he's saying, right? Exactly. you got, you got to pull out drama, any kind of stories that went on. And, you know, uh, Ray ran the, the, the place pretty tight, so there wasn't those stories of you know, doing lines of blow off a hooker's chest and things like that. We didn't, none of those stories go on, you know, it's like, it was a pretty clean cut place, but I mean, we did, we did pull out um, drama and there's a lot of great stories, a lot of funny stories, but really, you know, we knew we wanted to highlight the business angle of it. You know, they, he was a business guy and we knew that we wanted to highlight the fact that all these unknowns at the time were coming through there. We wanted to highlight the fact that um, it was a real, Tight ship, and it's an unlikely partnership, you know, so I mean you kind of get these things together, and we just you know you put them on little our method was we put them on little cards and we just kind of stuck them on a wall, you know, and we sort of go, okay, this makes sense here, and we want to you know yeah. at the time we thought you know when we were shooting the interviews, uh, President Obama was not yet elected. So we decided. Well, you know what? This is a pretty historic election that's going on, and we have all these black comedians. Let's ask them what they think about Obama. You know, sure. So we thought for sure that that would make it into the final documentary. It didn't. I mean, that's one of the first things we cut. You know, for the documentary, Um, it didn't make it in. You know, it just didn't have a didn't have a a relevance. So. So
0: you cut things down in pieces, and then the chunks you're then moving around to make a story. Exactly. It's
2: kind of it's kind of like. Did you do it um, while
0: you were working? Did you come home with two tapes worth of stuff? Cut that down to the twenty minutes that might actually be worth something, right away? No,
2: no. The, how do we do the? Pro- I mean, basically, we we kind of had these little goals. Like for the first presentation, we had uh, the humanities festival was going on here in Chicago, and we've been invi- We were invited to um, uh, talk about like sort of comedy in uh, comedy and uh, like. Race relations or something—I forget the name of the topic—but yeah. um, we were asked to be presented there, and so we're like, "Okay, what well, would be good for this?" We had our Obama section. Um, we had uh, sort of a, a little history lesson about the Great Migration, if anyone you know about a lot of Southern uh, blacks coming up and getting jobs in the mills, and that was a that was a big thing that sort of made Chicago the the way it looks and feels the way it does now. And uh, I forget the third segment, but. We sort of cut those, thinking that they were going to be in the movie, and none of those made it in. Like hmm. none of them, none of those made it in the final, uh, the final piece. But based on that, you say, okay, well, we want to put this around it. You don't really start at the beginning. You know, it's it's different for every story, but uh, start in the middle. You know, we kind of start in the middle. You start with well, things you start. You, think you start or with know. what you think. Yeah, you start with the the easy
1: stuff. Like you're like, yeah. okay, this is obviously a good segment and then we have you know it's like when you're i I would imagine it's like when you're trying to put a a jigsaw puzzle together you don't necessarily need to start you know on the corners i mean obviously the corners are easy but if you happen to have like three or four pieces right here in front of you you
2: you know they all go together yeah you know all these red pieces stick together well let's just let's just start with that no exactly and then it comes down to like is it funny we're doing (laughs) we're doing a comedy documentary is it funny yeah. Then, then it stays in you know so you just well it's, you go, it's also you go that it's interesting
0: route. because you could you could theoretically cut the whole thing watch it and be like oh, i gotta pull this whole thing apart again for whatever reason you know we is did it, that is, a few is, times we did and that is, a few is times. it really daunting and frustrating because you're like oh i just did all this work to get it to where it is but it's not right so we no
2: like, no because it's like anything else you know you you take a picture and you know what you want it to look like and it's not there yet but you know that I'll stay up till three in the morning for you know x amount sure. of days to get it right so after after a certain point you don't it sounds like you know all mystical and everything, but you know I wasn't making the decisions. the footage was making the decision, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, you know you're like, okay, that clearly is not a good transition or that clearly does not make sense there, or this would be tighter here, so like yeah. it starts dictating to you, but that's near the end of it all, but I guess near the middle stage where you're sort of you know there's like a moment where you go, okay, we're on the right track. Now we just have to pare it down and we have to, you know, put something better in here and, you know, work it out like that. And then you, so so you you guys did this independently as far as uh, financing? We did. We, um, uh, you know, John uh, has incredible, I mean he's been in Los Angeles since 91 and uh, uh, Ray Lambert has had, you know, the, all the, all these comedians in his Rolodex for the past 20 something years. And, uh, Reed knows like tons of people that helped us out with the production. So it's like, we pulled all these favors, you know, we pulled a lot of favors and we, um, you know, deferred a lot of things and basically ended up producing it on our own, you know? Yeah. So it was, it was the, um, it's, it's, well, I like to call it like an indie doc with very good connections. (laughs) <laughs> so you know, so, so we, yeah. when do we get to see it? Yeah. So we we uh, proudly uh, sold it to Showtime. So they are going to be running it in February of 2012. Black History Month. Um, Black History Month, exactly. Boom. And uh, we, we've been running it in festivals. We're actually running this month in Chicago at the Black Harvest Film Festival. And we'll be uh, showing it August 27th, which I think is a Saturday. And... Uh, september 1st which is the closing night of the festival so they they liked our movie a lot and we're going to be closing out the festival with it um, great we just we've been showing it we got like uh, great press from hollywood reporter playboy loves it um uh, the onion loves it so we got you know uh, richard roper gave us a great review you can go to com, and that's p-h-u-n-n-y funnybusinessmovie.com and check out some clips and uh, some other press and uh that's yeah, it well, so i mean it we'll might sure be coming to, put to
1: notes like links to the stuff in the show notes oh great well.
2: great yeah so it might be coming to a town near you but um showtime is where most people are going to see it it's exciting awesome. yeah dude yeah, you're going to be really, famous really, really all of
0: it. and you're not going to talk to us anymore
2: <laughs> no i'm going to completely forget everyone i know i'm yeah. already uh, the divorce papers for my wife is already uh, being drawn <laughs> up as we speak i'm Smart. leaving everything yeah yeah I can't so, be bothered with plebeians anymore. I want to be in the <laughs> professional equipment. No more right. prosumer stuff. <laughs> prosumer, be damned. Yeah, man. Prosumer is just a step.
1: It's just a gateway. <laughs> um. Before we wrap up, l- what
2: give us a little um a little teaser? What's what's on your plate now? What are you working on now? So shifting gears, <laughs> tremendously. I am now working on the story of the Grand Kankakee Marsh. What? That's right. There's no comedians involved. (laughs) But essentially, the Grand Kankakee Marsh um, was at one time, only about maybe 150 years ago, one of the largest wetlands in North America. So large, and to give you an idea of where this thing was, it was about a million acres in the northern part of Indiana, dips a little bit into Illinois. But when, uh, you know, explorers started coming over and we started doing some draining and agriculture and all that, uh, there was a big migratory, uh, bird path. And when it got dredged and straightened out and, um, you know, basically taken over about a fifth of the bird population vanished in, uh, the United States. (laughs) So it's, it was, it was a really, it was a really, you know, big riparian garden of Eden, you know, it was this, uh, uh, beautiful area. And we just tell the story of the last, like, sort of 300 years of, you know, LaSalle coming over and, you know, finding his way to the Mississippi River. And you have market hunters coming in. And it's it's just like a, you know, a, a very, very PBS uh, A lot of Ken Burns effect. <laughs> a lot of Ken Burns-ish type stuff, you know. But I think we're going to add a little bit of my funny business editing in there, a little bit of, you know, fast-pacedness. But um, I'm working on that with uh, two other producers, Pat Wisniewski and uh, Jeff Manis. And, uh, we've, they've, uh, they've been working on this for the past couple of years and they brought me on the last like six months. Who's, and, who's, uh, uh,
1: who's, who's gig is that? I mean, is it a, is it a, like for TTW or?
2: It's going to be, we're going to actually partner. Well, I can't really say, but it's yeah. all like, uh, you know, like talk right now, but I think we're, we're going to be partnering with a PBS station, um, with a few of them actually. And, uh-huh. uh, we think it's going to, it's going to do really well, partly because there isn't a whole lot of sort of ecological um, big history lessons coming out of the Midwest. And this one, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I know there isn't a lot, but uh, you know, if you like PBS, you're going to love this one, but uh, it's a really, it's, I I really do think um, it's a sort of an, I love telling untold stories, you know, and I really do think that it's sort of this 300 year chunk of American history that just hasn't been told. And there's enough, like wow factor and interesting uh, things in it to, uh, to tell the story. So, well, I think the other cool
1: thing, just, just from what you've told me and, you know, I'm not a, I I can't call myself a Chicago native, but I lived there for a good 13 or 14 years Mm -hmm. and I always get a kick out of um, finding out where the names come from. You know, it's like when you hear like in in Chicago, you know, LaSalle is a street name, you know, and Kankakee is a, is a town and you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's always, I always get, you know, you walk around a city and you see you know street names town names county names what have you and you just sort of take it for granted you don't really care i mean there's obviously like oh you know washington and, and you know and adams you know they're named after united states presidents but a lot of indian t- names there's t- well and yeah and then there's local stuff too but there's also tons of random other yeah. like much much lesser known but we're obviously relevant to someone at some point yeah uh you know and and nobody really knows you know unless you go looking it up you know you're never going to know you know why
0: union square in new york city is called union square no nope. no
1: i just found out the other day
0: mm-hmm. it's apparently it's because it's where union and bowery or i mean broadway and bowery met up it was oh, the union the uni- of a
2: union uh-huh. of
0: broadway and bowery amazing wow <laughs> see so it had nothing to do with civil war it had nothing to do with
1: anything oh i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't have guessed civil war that makes more sense
2: so talking about names, the name of the Kankakee River is actually a version. Uh, Potawatomi used to call it. Uh, I'm going to get. What did you say? Cru- Potawatomi. Potawatomi. Yes, I'm going to get crucified if I don't do this right. Theatiki. <laughs> I believe it's called Theatiki. And then there's Akiki and a bunch of different uh, names, but the Kiki became Kankakee, and you know, there you go.
1: Oh. Okay. I'm
2: probably wrong. I probably shouldn't yeah. put that on there. You're I'm wrong. the documentarian expert, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but wow. uh no, the the um right now we're calling the documentary Indiana's Everglades the Story <laughs> of the Grand Kankakee Marsh.
1: Nice. That's very PBS sounding. Totally PBS. I, I'm already ready to, 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 to donate That's to right. the DVD so that viewers will like me. We're making I can
0: already right. see the opening scene. Like just this like slow pan against the very <laughs> early
1: morning marsh. <laughs> Maybe, a, maybe a, a loon or some yeah. other some other swamp yeah. bird flying yeah. across the sunrise. Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> <I> yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the title in Garamond Bold. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, thoughts. let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> Thanks, uh, guys. Brian, thank you very much for coming. Uh, yeah, man, this is fun. We, we will put a link to your show. We will put a link to all the other stuff we were talking about. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, at CircConv on Twitter, circuitous.tv on the web, and uh, please go to iTunes and uh, rate our show. Yeah, then, do you, you're on the uh,
1: Twitter, aren't you? There,
2: I Brian? am. Brian Callies, B R I A N K A L L I E S. Brian Callies. Right. Nice. There you go. I don't so that much. Sorry. No. You Wait,
0: do, 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 do you have a? Uh, I can tell by the fact that you say
2: that
1: you don't <laughs> twitch very much I know I'm,
2: I'm a Luddite yeah <laughs> uh, I, I have a website uh, it's under construction
1: oh um, no BrianCallies.com. nice he's one of those <laughs> yeah does this have the yellow and black under construction I banner? think it
2: says page does not exist it's <laughs> oh, like class even, right there I'm terrible I know I'm terrible <laughs>
0: um, alright so we'll be back next week uh, with some more of Dan and I arguing about things we don't always argue. We don't always argue, but people like it when we argue.
2: I like to argue. We should,
0: yeah, we should argue more often. I love you guys. Uh, we love oh, you thank too. You. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. All right, <laughs> we will see you all next week.
2: Bye. Bye. There we go. Okay, stop uh, the recording. <laughs>